Lord, while we do not gather, we are still your church. We listen now to receive your healing word, to reflect on your tangible love, and relax in your never-ending grace. We listen knowing that you accept us, holy and without question, just as we are. Yahweh, we are drawn to your light when our world is full of darkness. Help us release anxiety, calm our fears, and remind us that we are whole, even when we only have pieces of ourselves to offer you. We pray this in your name, our God of love. Ask this of the risen Son, and receive this from the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our scripture this morning is Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our reading today will be from Walter Brueggemann's A Way Other Than Our Own, the book we are going through in Lent. Today we are reading Caught by God. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Psalm 23, 6. Goodness and mercy pursue me. God's friendliness and kindness will run after me and chase me down, grab me and hold me. The verb follow is a powerful active verb. We are being chased by God's powerful love. We run from it. We try to escape. We fear that goodness because we are no longer in control. We do not trust such a generosity, and we think our own best efforts are better than God's mercy. Lent is a time to quit running, to let ourselves be caught and embraced in love, like a sheep with safe pasture, like a traveler offered rich and unexpected food. Our life is not willed by God to be an endless anxiety. It is, rather, meant to be an embrace, but that entails being caught by God. The second concluding line is, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is my whole life long. I will hang around the church, or I will live in attentive communion with God. I will not depart from the premises of God's life because I have no desire for a life apart from God. Why would I want to leave? Now you may think such a conclusion is sweet and unreal or at least something only for old, tired people who don't get around much anymore. To the contrary, this conclusion is the reflection of a mature life when one comes down where you ought to be. The last line of the psalm asserts that the true joy and purpose of life are to love God and be loved by God, no longer alone, but in communion. Our anti-Lent society gives us many desires these, however, will never constitute a good life. The matter has been settled in the first line for this poet. 
The sheep community trusts God and wants nothing else. Lent is about noticing our blindness and seeing differently. I invite you during this Lent to see differently, maybe even for the first time, to see past your anxiety, your greed, your fear, your control. See yourself as the sheep of this good shepherd, as a traveler in God's good valley, as as the citizen at home in God's good house. You will, when you see truly, be free and joyous and generous unencumbered and grateful. Desire one thing, God's presence, and you will be less driven by all those phony desires that matter not at all. Pursue and catch us, Good Shepherd. Embrace us in your love. Help us to trust you and desire you more than anything else that we may know the joy and freedom of life in you. Amen. In my Christian faith, I have figured out how to align myself well with things like Advent or Lent and um, pursue practices along uh, with those things. But the actual being caught by God and the like complete handover of control, that has been a place where I struggle. And so... Um, so in reading this, it seemed more like that challenge to actually not just align yourself with um, like the morality of God or living a certain type of life, but actually the complete open handedness of I am releasing all the control and I'm uh, fully turning everything over to him in the midst of that. And that for me is a has been a great personal struggle. And I, I think for a lot of people, that's um, that's where the rubber kind of meets the road in yeah. those ways. Uh, did you feel like the metaphor? Did you feel like the metaphor caught by God was captivating, or was there some other um, element within besides what you just spoke about in terms of control? Um, no, I. Uh, so the metaphor, maybe the the way that I read it was more like the word picture. Um, there's, uh, if you're like, I'm thinking about playing pass with my kids or something. Uh, there is, as the ball is thrown, it's in the air and there's only really two outcomes. Mm-hmm. Either it's caught or it's dropped. Yeah. And um, I, I, and he kind of alludes to this, but I, uh, I am often looking for uh, a way to create my own outcomes mm-hmm. uh, or to control my own outcomes. And um, so the word picture, there's really only kind of two options and I'm trying to find three, four, five different Mm -hmm. options that I can have control over. Mm -hmm. So I think that was, you know, whether we talk about it as the the metaphor that he uses or just this word picture that I was given as I was reading it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, I'll answer the same question. I, this one particular line caught me. Um, It says, our life is not willed by God to be an endless anxiety. I, think obviously caught by that because um, right now in our culture and in our context and in our community there are growing fears growing anxieties and so it was just a reminder that um, the shepherd who is our shepherd is the one who um, provides relief and as the psalmist says provides amazing things right 
uh, leads us beside still and calm waters, uh, restores our soul. Uh, the last place he wants us to live is in this space of anxiety, regardless of the circumstances. And so I think it stood out to me in that regard. Uh, you're saying right now, are you talking like acutely in this last two yeah. weeks? Um, yeah. But we've also talked about that in terms of the last four, five, six, seven years, that it has mm -hmm. felt like this, um, the intensity of the anxiousness and unsettledness that we're all feeling, uh, it seems like it has increased. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. We've discussed different reasons why, too, whether it's uh, technology and uh, this constant level of comparison, uh, whether it's through different apps that I'm kind of an outsider looking in on the life of somebody else and feeling anxiety that my life somehow does not measure up with the life of somebody else's curated photos, or whether it's just the anxiety that is because of the pace of life and going from event to event, adding new things to our schedule, all of that creates, I think, an, um, just this dull um, undertone uh, of anxiety or tension or fear or worry. Um, and it and it crops up all the time. I mean, if, even from like a pastoral perspective, um, most of the meetings uh, that I have in a given week uh, are centered at their core around an issue of fear or worry or anxiety quite often. Yeah, <clears throat> that is actually the same line that stuck out to me, Russ. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Spirit, the spirit uh, is moving. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Um, That's a pastor joke for you uh, back home right now. <laughs> Uh, I will add to that, though, um, the line after that. So it says, our life is not willed by God to be an endless anxiety. It is rather meant to be an embrace. But that entails being caught by God. And I think it is easy to talk about, don't be anxious, don't think about these things, trust in God. But picturing our life willed to be an embrace is a really beautiful picture and brings peace and calming and uh, I think that phrase just offers a deep breath. Um, and then at the end, it says, Lent is about noticing our blindness and seeing differently. And it then goes on to say, to see past your anxiety, your greed, your fear, your control. See yourself as the, the sheep of this good shepherd, as a traveler in God's good valley, as a citizen at home in God's good house. And I think that is good because I think anxiety is something that a lot of people struggle with. But I also think greed and fear and control. And there's all of these things that um, take us away from the embrace of God and being caught by God. And we all have, we all are different in what we struggle with. And so I think starting with noticing our blindness and then going on to see yourself as the sheep of this good shepherd and being embraced is a really powerful thing for me and soothing to my heart just in general on a day-to-day -day basis, whether or not we're dealing with a coronavirus or just the day-to-day -day life that is more normal than what we are maybe going through right now. So let me ask you a question, Julie. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> there are, I think, some really legitimate fears and anxieties that people are probably stepping into at this point and specifically i think of loss of jobs or income how how would you suggest we help to recenter ourselves amidst um 
things that are completely out of our control and do have significant ramifications uh, for our lives. Are there practical things that you could impart to us? <laughs> I think that's a real great question, Kevin. Yeah. I've got all the answers, guys. Yeah. That's why I asked you because I didn't want to be asked the question. <laughs> so I thought I would Good. get out in front of it. Cool. Uh, no, but I will say I don't have those answers. I do know that there is there's a lot in life that is going to be changing and a lot of hardships that are coming. And the only thing that I could say from this specifically is to recognize that and start there and to acknowledge it, speak to it, and then recenter around that. Because I don't think fear or anxiety is ever from the Lord. Um, And so taking those things and recognizing them and then shifting that and leaning into the embrace which I know is not a practical, logistical, (laughs) here's how you do it. But I think if we are focusing, if we start each day with that as our center and our focus, I think that will then inform the decisions we make throughout the day. Um, But I do think there is a practical of, (laughs) I was talking with my kids yesterday saying like, we were on a little hike and I said, all right guys, this is, this little time that we've had has been inconvenient for sure. Like it's not, we're out of our routines and things, but for us, it is at this point, just inconvenient. Everyone in our family is healthy. Um, who, and I just asked them the question of who is this probably a lot more difficult for right now? Who are people that we can think of? And for me, that helps to recenter. Here's where I'm at. There's also a lot of people in deep need. And what does that mean? And how can we lean into that? Are there ways that we can help? Are there ways that we can relieve burdens for other people? Can we drop off groceries for people? Can we provide some sack lunches for people? I don't, I don't know. But then at the same time, I fully recognize that there are some people listening to this right now who are far more than just inconvenienced and who are wondering (laughs) if they're going to be paid in the next few weeks. And, um, I don't have the solution for that, but I do think it is our responsibility to at least have the eyes to see that and to see those people and to, then decide what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't, either one, no matter where you're at, you are embraced yeah. by God. Yeah. And so two things that I heard that I think were um, encouraging to me. It, the, you said like you recenter your life each morning um, kind of around this idea. And I'm not saying I it. need to. Yeah, <laughs> well, no, like that's the practice maybe. Yes. And that, that maybe is not just a morning thing, but a like a continual practice of recentering uh, every day uh, and throughout the day. And the uh, acknowledgement of oh, those those fears, that anxiousness is bubbling up. Recognize it, speak it out, invite God into it, and then say, "I'm going to recenter again." Even if you did it ten minutes before that, mm-hmm. and that's probably a healthy practice just to to be in kind of in your own space. And two, I think, um, and we've talked a little bit about this, but um, yes, significant inconvenience. Yes, absolutely tragic. uh, The way that this virus uh, and and all things are affecting our communities uh, and our society. But one of those opportunities where the church gets to be the church in a wonderful way. And so there are people in deep need. There are people that are significantly inconvenienced, but will not be in deep need. And uh, this is a, a time where those in need can um, can accept the generosity of others and be loved uh, by God in that way. 
I think it's also a time where those uh, maybe who uh, aren't in need but just inconvenienced might have to dig deep and say, uh, what is my role? What is my responsibility as a faithful follower of Jesus to do my part to care for not just my local church community, but my local community and uh, and ensure as much as I possibly can its betterment in this way. Mm-hmm. It's also going to jump in. I think it's also a good time to be reminded that the church isn't just an organization, but a people. So what you're speaking to, um, it isn't just like, oh, yeah, hopefully the church will, as an organization, take care of that person in need. It's I see the need. I meet the need. Yeah, they're my neighbor. I have an opportunity that the church as a whole or my small group might never even know about. Mm-hmm. But I can do something about it in the present. I can then include my group in on it if it's big enough, mm-hmm. or I can include the whole church in on it and um, and utilize the resources of a larger group of people to try to meet the needs. Yeah. But I think having eyes to see rather than just so even as you were talking with your kids, Julie. Um, you recentered their perspective to say, don't be thinking just about self and how this is affecting you, but who are the other people it's affecting? And if we can move from the space where we're thinking on self to going, man, how do I have eyes to see? That's part of what Brueggemann is talking about with that blindness. Can I have eyes to see it differently than the way maybe the world is asking me to see it? The world right now, I think, is saying, hunker down every man for himself. Um, provide what you can, take what you need, rather than saying, hey, can we be others oriented? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and I, uh, echoing that, that the church is a people, I was having a really great conversation with somebody in our community this week who, she works with uh, people who live on the streets, and she was expressing her deep concern for those people who cannot get food right now, or who need to go to the methadone clinic, and um all of these things that it's far more than an inconvenience for them. It's more about survival. And we were just talking about how beautiful the body is because that is where she is at. And that's in the role that she is in right now. And then there are people who are working in healthcare right now who are, who are legitimately being the church in the hospitals. There's people who are working with people who are elderly and are taking care of those people. And so I think we all have to look at our role and where we're at and bring those needs, like you were saying, to to the forefront and see them and then also live out wherever we're at. And um, doing that in community and also recognizing that we are each part of the body and we each have a role to play in that. And that's a really beautiful thing and it will be hard and uh, difficult at times, but it is how we can be the church is by living into what we feel convicted about and the roles that we are in and doing our part even if it feels small, uh, that's how we make a bigger difference. Yeah, absolutely. Julie, you read um, one little line near the end of the reading for today uh, that said, see yourself as a sheep of this good shepherd, as a traveler in God's good valley. Uh, When you read that, it reminded me that of the juxtaposition between what he says and what the psalm actually says. So this idea that uh, be seen as a traveler in God's good valley is really quite opposite of uh, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you should fear no evil. Um, And I was reflecting on that even yesterday on what does it mean, the valley of the shadow of death. And in Hebrew, the death is not even implied in the passage, even though we translate it as death. 
the better translation would be deep darkness or gloom. So really, it's about the times when we feel the most vulnerable, the times that we feel that the walls seem to be closing in, or we feel the most weak, uh, the times that it seems like the pressure is building. Um, and you might feel yourself in one of those times right now, or you might have friends who feel like they're in one of those times right now. And it says, even though you walk through the valley of that deep darkness and gloom, even though the walls are closing in, even though you feel the most vulnerable, I will fear not. And I think the key that we have to be reminded of during this time is the reason why he says, I will fear not. And the answer is, for thou art with me. The idea that God is present, regardless of what you're going through, has to be the grounding idea for us in this time. I even think that you can't read Psalm 23 without that being the central theme of the whole passage. So even when you start with the Lord is my shepherd, it should be tethered to the idea that thou art with me. Even when you read the next part that he asks me to lie down beside streams of water. Why? Because he is with me. Even in the darkness and gloom, he is with me. Even in the presence of my enemies, he's with me. And then at the very end, surely goodness will follow me all the days of my life. Why? Because he is with me. So I think we need to be reminded, and that can be another centering point for us, that his presence is with us regardless of what it is uh, we're currently facing. A couple of years ago, I wrote a poem called Footsteps, and it speaks <laughs> very clearly to that. You guys should check it out. I think no, no, I've seen it. For you. I've seen it on walls, even. Yeah, that's. Um, I, it's, it's kind of taken yeah. off, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you of, that you chose that. to donate all proceeds <laughs> yep. to New Community. Oh, yeah, through that, that was really. Yeah. How do you think we bought this building? Was <laughs> really generous of you. Yeah. I think we had that in every room in our house growing up. Yeah, no, that was great. <laughs> Only, uh, you know, one set, one set of footprints because yeah. mm -hmm. he was carrying you. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we can maybe cut that one out. <laughs> I was going to say, can we get arrested? <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other uh, thoughts on this text or um, what we're discussing? Oh, I think through this time, I have been asking myself what I am learning about myself right now and in my relationship with God. And I have quite a bit more time to be thinking about these things and to lean into them. And so this is a helpful way to center that and ask myself that question of what areas am I being anxious in? What areas am I being greedy in? What areas um, am I seeking to have control over situations? And how does that affect every decision that I make? Versus, And so I think letting those things go is just a really great practice for me personally. And so I'm, I'm hoping in this next six weeks to, to ask ourselves those questions and to ask ourselves when we are, I don't know, acting in a way that maybe we don't normally want to act or acting out of stress or feeling short or um, asking ourselves why that is and to stop and remember who we are and whose we are and go forward from there. Uh, we would encourage you to continue reading along um, in the way other than our own. Uh, we feel like it is a grounding uh, passage or book for us to be going through um, because we're all kind of working through it together and we're all on the same Lenten journey uh, headed toward Easter. And while we may not gather on a week by week basis in the current moment, uh, 
Um, we'll continue to keep you up to date as to when uh, we'll be able to do that again. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, let's continue to walk through this book together. Feel free at any time to reach out to any of us on staff. Uh, we would love to um, either get together with you for a walk or um, do a Zoom call or anything uh, that would help. Uh, so if you have uh, any concerns or any needs, um, make sure you reach out. O God, whose Son Jesus is the Good Shepherd of your people, grant that when we hear your voice, we may know you who calls us each by name and follow where you lead. We ask you to join us in praying together the words Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us leave you with this benediction today. May we live this week with trust in the Good Shepherd. May we acknowledge the presence of God by our side, even in the valleys of wilderness and death. May we believe in the name of Jesus Christ and love one another, not only in words, but in truth and action. May the resurrection of Christ Jesus be the cornerstone of our life, and may the Holy Spirit abide in us and tend to us with love and mercy all the days of our life. Let us live this week in the name of the loving Father, of the risen Son, and with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen.